but if you think you're cool walking around drunk with a with a pack of 24-year-old meatheads, it is the worst situation possible. You are the problem. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast temporarily dedicated to exploring, curiously, <laughs> Moses Sumney's album, Grey. We're still working on that. <laughs> I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. Welcome to episode 178. I feel like it's 178. It, it's either 178 We're or in the gray. We don't we do are, numbers we anymore. We are fully in the gray. <laughs> Welcome to this episode. You clicked on it. There was a number with it. <laughs> You already know. You know better than we do. If you clicked <laughs> yeah, on it. Seriously. Um, welcome, welcome to the gray. So to recap a little bit about what we're getting into. In here, last week's episode. <laughs> previously La- on, yeah, yeah, no last week on No Small Thing. No Small Thing. I have like lost flashbacks there. Oh. Um Right. Previously on Lost. <laughs> and then the music comes in. <laughs> um Okay, so we are deep diving the album Grey by Moses Sumney as in our title. And we began last week with the opening two tracks. Insula. Insula and, and Cut, Me. Cut Me. And so what to expect is we're tonight going to deep dive the next two tracks on this album, In Bloom and Viral. And I feel like, so I'm going to be the one beginning the conversation around In Bloom. And I feel like I want to touch on some themes okay. that we talked about last week as okay. preparation for In Bloom. Oh, great. Let's just also say timestamp. It's December, mm-hmm. end of 2021. True. Isn't it strange to think what a different headspace we're all in this year compared to last year? Not only with quarantine, but like things were really still going off the rails with Donald Trump last year at this time. Right, like but we at, had the vote, but it was this was an all things started getting wonky. It's like right, and the insurrection happened like January sixth, yeah, and like a month from now. But there was all these levels of like, oh, it's official now, Joe Biden's president, and then it's like, oh, one more thing has to happen, and all these are all new things. Usually, it's like, oh, they won, the president conceded, they got the acceptance speech, and it was like, oh, now one more thing has to happen, now one more thing has to happen, and I, I just kept saying, what? I thought it was over. <laughs> And it's just, we're, we, I, I think, I think, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the last two years, I think there were a lot of memes and jokes of like this being a dumpster fire every year. It was like this right. is the worst year manageable. And it's not like this year has been spectacular, but it hasn't been that same level of like a dumpster fire. Right. There is something really interesting in that you and I are both talking about this before we begin this podcast of like, we're still in like the horrors of the pandemic (laughs) and this life. And, but we have, we've almost become numb to it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel, nothing feels shocking. It just feels kind of dull of sorts. So I feel like if, if say this was a year, five years ago, it would have been like, this is a dumpster fire every year. But after 2020, after 2020, this is like 
we're we're just still in it. You say numb. We said that before the thing, and I was like, that might be a good word for you. (laughs) I feel like I was holding on to a bar, and my arms just got tired, and I let go. I'm like, I can't hold on anymore. Ah, I'm falling now. I don't know. It's like I'm not numb. I see what's going on. I'm slightly panicked, but I can't hold on. I can't, we can't hold on gripping anymore. with this daily anxiety of like, I have to right. always be panicked and thinking. I'm like, I guess this is life now. We're masked. We're outside eating. We're vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. We got Omicron. Yeah. I guess maybe I feel like numb is I'm probably more accurate for me, but that actually is a pretty good analogy. I'm just <laughs> like, I it just like simply am not capable of holding all of this all the time as I was like, it's really interesting. We will get to this album, but thinking back <laughs> to like, I don't know if you listen to the podcast today explained, mm. but they, in the early days of the pandemic did like everything. It was like today explained pandemic COVID. Yeah. And it but was they like, got tired after it was while. like two months of just only reporting yeah. COVID. And eventually they were like, we're going to need to report something else. But I remember being like, so it, it I was like, Always what I'm thinking of, you know, I, I was like, I to need those. to go. I need to listen. I need Dang. to know. I need to be on top of After this. After all this time, you've never recommended me that podcast. Really? Well, maybe you have and I've missed it. Um, but now, now it's like, I, I was listening to up first by NPR the other day and I was like, Oh, reporting on COVID. And I'm like, mm. there's something very interesting of recognizing the different stakes. I remember going on walks in the morning and listening to today explained and being like, Oh my Like there was something really interesting that I'll just name this of like intellectual stimulation of how much we didn't understand COVID that it was like, I want to understand I'm learning so much here. And now I hear, and I'm like, I'm not really learning anything. I'm just hearing another report of something else that I've already, I know how viruses work. Right. Then it was like, Oh mass and droplets and aerosol. And (laughs) let me get my head around this. And there's like today explained episodes where it was like for kids. And it was like, how do we explain COVID to kids? And I was like, how do we do that? I'm curious, you know? And now I'm like, now I know, you know, I don't, there's no, there's not as much new, like, (laughs) well, now the conversation has changed so dramatically, especially me, Mr. Facebook man. Like I'm still out here on Facebook and I, I see so many people have gone so like people that are generally pretty down to earth over the last few years have gone full non-vax conspiracy mode and they're posting every day. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort Uh, on either end. Yeah. That's, to, to still be doing that is a lot. Yeah. If anybody <laughs> was like, oh, did you read this new article about COVID? I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I'm wearing my mask. I'm vaccinated. I try and do like, I try and do like a once every like five to seven days. Just a little check. A little check. A little Google search. You know, but like. That's how I kind of treat Kanye. <laughs> I, I'll do a little Google search. See what he's up to. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Speaking of little Google searches. And we, again, <laughs> we'll get to this. Bjork. Yeah. Officially is. And has a new album coming out. Wow. That is, that is a mood booster. When is it? I don't know when, but anybody that's here for this episode, I'm sure is here for that information. It's true. It's true. I do feel like Bjork and Moses Sumney are like, yeah, Bjork, Moses Sumney, FKA Twigs, Arca. Oh, right, right, right. That right there is, is that, is, is, (laughs) I mean, is that, is that just a random smattering of artists that came to your mind or are they, are they, are they some of your faves? I think Jana Newsom. Yes, yeah, Jordan. But no, but I think those four right there. So yeah. FKA Twigs, Moses Sumney, Bjork, and what was the other one I said? Uh, Bjork, Moses Sumney, FKA Twigs. Who did you say? Everybody that's listening was like, knows now. Arca. <laughs> Arca. Yeah, yeah. They're all 
in this realm of experimental, right. artistic, visual, thematic, genre bending. Gosh. In man. a way that I'm just like, could you imagine a collaboration between those four? Woo. Yeah, There's I mean. Two, they might all have too much of a strong vision. Yeah, FK Twigs is so cool. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay, but really quickly about this Bjork album. <laughs> oh my gosh, everybody. We're going to get to Muslim Sumney in a sec, but she explained it as. It is sort of a meme of podcasters that they take like an hour to get to their topic. So hopefully you're just vibing with the banter right now. We will get to In Bloom and in, Viral in a second. I'm going to give myself one minute. Okay. Uh, she's described it as going from. The, this album that she's created, it's like she's described it as you're drinking wine in your room and then all of a sudden your room becomes a rave. Whoa, holy <laughs> cow. With each song, supposedly. Oh my gosh. Like each song has like the mood of like wine cozy in your room and, and then, then like rave? rave energy. Wow, that's a wild description. I know. Now here's a question. When that album comes out. Do I drop everything? Well, is that something that, that you would be wanting to listen to with a friend? Like, do we, do we listen to that together or do you need to have private time? I think I listen to that by myself okay. first and then, <laughs> and then I would love a listening with a friend. Yeah. yeah. Cause when Donda came out, my, I woke up with my kids and listened to it that morning and it was so cool yeah. that they wanted to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I that do you want to be- mention your uh, Spotify wrapped? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know all the triggers. <laughs> oh, you gave yourself 60 seconds. Let me bring up Spotify wrapped. Let's see. Let's see if you can do 60 seconds. Spotify wrapped has happened yeah. since our last episode. My top artist yeah. was Moses Sumney. Was Moses Sumney. And let me say, I was in Moses Sumney's point zero zero five percent top listeners. Okay. Okay, let me say something though. Let me say something though, because I was Kanye's point zero five, not zero 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 five. But I think there's way more Kanye listeners, so it's more impressive (laughs) to be in the point oh (laughs) five of Kanye. I don't really care. I'm like, I if we're we're wondering if I am a Moses fan, it proves it. It's proved it. I mean, Moses was uh, number five in my Spotify rap, so. That's interesting. Which I think is the difference between the two of us, not in like in just this way of, I think that Moses being my top surprised you, but I'm like, no, I got into Moses. No, that wasn't a surprise to me. Last, okay. I oh, got into Moses. You want me to be surprised? I think you literally did say surprise because we you couldn't guess it. Oh, because well, I couldn't guess it doesn't mean <laughs> I like don't, like I definitely see it. <laughs> but I, uh... It was last December that I started listening to Gray. Okay. So I think it's really interesting listening again now. I mean, not again, but I think come around January, this album, it's going to be really interesting to be continuing to do this because it was in January that I was like, fell in love with the album, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, the weather is turning in a way that matches when I fell in love with this album. Wow. So that feels very interesting as this is happening. Let's that, let that be the segue. Perfect. Okay. Preliminary we're on, thoughts. We're on to the third track of this album, In Bloom. Now, I have a thought about the titles, which I feel like is really interesting. It goes Cut Me mm-hmm. and then In Bloom. Insula. Insula. Cut, Cut me, me. In Bloom. But now we're... So it's really interesting. I mentioned this in the last episode that there is a... Syn- Tactical syntax. Mm. I don't know if that's the way to describe what I'm describing, but 
There is songs that <laughs> start with lowercase letters and songs yeah. that are with uppercase letters. Right. And we have those lowercase ones are almost like transitional points. Yeah. The little uh, vignette montage mm-hmm. spoken word things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And Jack and Jill. Yeah. Jack, Jill. Also, also and and and. Yeah. So we're still, so we had, we began with Insula and then both the songs that we're going to talk about tonight, it's Cut Me, In Bloom, Viral, and then it's one more and then it's Boxes, I think. Okay. Or maybe it goes right to Boxes. But anyways, so. We're looking up on our computers, everybody. Conveyor. Conveyor, yes, conveyor, and then boxes. So okay. we're kind of in, I would say, like, we're Cut almost... me, in bloom, viral, conveyor. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's it's like we're in a subsection okay. of right, sorts. Right, right, right. And I find it really interesting. I've just been thinking about this, of, like, cut me, and then this phrase, in bloom, and thinking about, and this is probably my, like, Christian background of, like, that verse of you need to like cut away the vines in order for them to grow. Right. And I find these, while the the themes of Cut Me and, and Bloom are like, they're not necessarily connected, I find it to be very interesting, this image of a song kind of about masochism, pain, suffering here, that's like Cut Me. And then we move into In Bloom. Yeah. Which on paper is like In Bloom, Hope, but it's mm. it's also kind of a sad song mm-hmm. of sorts. But I, I don't know. I think that I just find that to be thematically really interesting. And I've just been thinking about, like, what does it mean to cut plants and that that actually helps them to grow? I, th- I think you're spot on. I, I mean, I haven't thought about yet. I haven't thought about the titles in that way. But, like, I have paid attention to the capitals, mm-hmm. you know. But um, that just seems to be very clear to me. Cut me. And in bloom, like, mm-hmm. you know, I like instantly have the image of like pruning a pruning. rose bush or something. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Um, okay. So in yeah, bloom, I haven't, I haven't deep dived conveyor yet, so I don't know how that would wrap up, um, this little subsection, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've listened to conveyor a million times, but I haven't really deep dived. So I'm like, I wonder what it means that it follows viral and Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I know. And we haven't even divvied those up between the two of right, those. Right, right. Um, but, okay, so let's get right into In Bloom. Bam. So real quick. Oh, um, okay, everybody, the way that we do this is Mace is about to talk about In Bloom, and I'm going to mostly listen and maybe respond a little bit, but mm-hmm. like, and then I'm going to talk about Viral. I think it's more hosting, because I don't want you to like, get out of my way when it's my turn to talk. I, I, I'm mostly just sort of facilitating the conversation. Yeah, I'm curious. Is it... Viral or viral? It, I I think this word, the way it's spelled, is viral. Viral is V I R A L. So I'm mispronouncing it. Yeah, and well, they mean different things. Wow, I'm I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad to have this <laughs> exposed. <laughs> um, okay, so in bloom, this is a song. I think thematically. Okay, we just finished cut me, which is I don't know how would you describe cut me. Jazzy R and B. Oh well, that's the dilemma of Moses Sumney, right? We're not we're not we, gonna say we don't get to describe these things. We're not we're not gonna say what what, what are the phrases that people use? Genre bending. Genre bending. We, he's he's undefinable. We're not saying that, but it does. I mean, it combines some sort of like 
jazz and it combines all sorts of just experimental sounds, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's really hard to pin down, but I would we, say we reference stand by me. So it has some like old Motown vibes to it. a little. Yeah, bit, it know? totally does. It totally does. I would say we transition from cut me, which is a little bit more polished to something like in bloom, which is stripped down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, there is an intimacy of this song in bloom mm-hmm. that's like slowed down and it's a very like sonically a very vulnerable. It has a very vulnerable sound. Very to it, vulnerable. I would say. I think that this song pairs in like almost mirrors the song Polly, which oh. I think we'll get to. But I feel like I'll reference this back when we're doing Polly. Okay. But there's something about both those songs that feels confessional, and like this song feels like a diary of mm-hmm. sorts. Mm-hmm. There's a very stripped down sense to it. So in bloom is people have written about this because I was like, let's look up the meaning. And I find it really interesting because I personally didn't get this meaning that it seems pretty obvious at this point after like looking it up that people say I've, I never experienced it that way. And now I'm like, I don't know what you're about to say. So you're doing a great job of of teasing. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. So essentially, (laughs) essentially the, the meaning that most people have derived from this song is like unrequited love Mm -hmm. and desiring love with a friend Mm -hmm. that isn't, it's not going to go the way you want it to, which I think makes sense very much on the surface. Mm I think there's this really interesting thing happening with this song. And I think that meaning, I think that that meaning making makes a lot of sense. And then I also kind of have pushback on it because I wonder around this theme of grayness. And I've been thinking a lot today because you posted this video around like relational anarchy. This random video, this speaker, (laughs) this like teacher, this educator. (laughs) <laughs> this random video that's going around. It's, it's uh, Scott reposted a video of me talking <laughs> about relational anarchy, which will one day be a no small thing topic for yes. sure. But I find, so the first line is in the meantime, we'll get it straight. In the meantime, we'll get it straight. And I think that's a very we'll interesting get line. It straight. Because it's, it's going to be hard not to sing along. I hope our friendship can recuperate. And I find that to be really interesting because the themes of this song is like a friendship that seems to be there's a desire for maybe more with this person. We're holding hands. It's miscommunicated. What does it mean? We're growing together. We're in a relationship. And I feel like there's this little twinge of like, we'll get it straight. heteronormative straight. Wow. I think that all these things so far track with what we know about Moses and they seem like spot on appropriate. It's like this sense of, Oh, a, like there's this heteronormative narrative of like someone's a friend mm-hmm. or they're a romantic person. Mm-hmm. And there isn't this grayness between the two. Right. Right. And this is a song of expressing the ambivalence in the tension of being close and being intimate and being romantic 
and the the gray area that that comes and it's like we'll get it straight we'll then decide are we friends or are we romantic it's, it's a double entendre it has both mm-hmm. meanings we'll mm-hmm. figure it out we'll get clarity and we'll maybe it's almost ironic like right, exactly. we're, we're gonna get it straight eye roll like you know, like, why do we always have to reference straightness? Exactly. But I also wonder if you meant ambiguity and not ambivalence, because you. This is this is your time, but like, oh, um, come come join he me. He doesn't my time. seem ambivalent. He seems very full of passion, and, and even you might see even clarity. Yeah, that but might be true. There is a ambiguity of uh, what this relationship is. Yeah, no, that that I feel like that's actually a good a good word. I. Ambiguity versus ambivalence. I mean, that's a fascinating thing to unpack right, right there. Right. Because I could say, um, I really like this wine I'm drinking, but I don't know what it is. Right. So you're what ambiguous of what it is, but you're right. not ambivalent about right, the wine. Right, right. I have exactly. big emotions and feelings about this wine. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So I'll just read the first verse in chorus, I think, and then kind of unpack a little bit here. So it's, in the meantime, we'll get it straight. I hope our friendship can recuperate because I've held you in place of a wife in the space. Mm, mm. A spouse would hold only with you. I'm safe. In the meantime, we'll get it straight. I hope our friendship can recuperate. Cause I've had Right. So immediately, I mean, this is, these are vulnerable words mm-hmm. to be saying, I've held you in this place. You've, you've, you've been in this place in my mind. I mean, he says this of wife in the space. Um, and then, and then it goes in bloom with room to grow. I'm only watering the seeds you sowed wow. in my heart, in my chest, six feet beneath the flesh. When you held my hand, but you signed BFF. <laughs> this it's this confusion of what are your signals mm-hmm. like what what does this mean what mm-hmm. what is you held my hand you sign these things so we then get to the next verse and which i mean also i just have to say like sonically and i think we'll insert the song i don't know when no, we'll insert the we, song all, all along the way it's already been inserted perfect <laughs> there is there is a romantic I don't know, like, I think it's violins that come in. Yep. It's like these words are really accompanied by this, like, these, uh, f- not like almost like fleeting violins, mm. I would say. They come in and it's like, like fluttering. Mm. And then they, they disappear. And then it goes, oh no, I hope you're not another supplement for absent relationships. Because when we're close in the car or in the store or in a bar, 
And then this is where I feel like the song really transitions or he goes into this falsetto and it feels so confessional of sometimes I want to kiss my friends. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that feels so raw in that moment of like, I'm here, I'm not sure what's going on. And then just blurts out. It Mm -hmm. feels like it's It's blurted out. It does feel like a blurt. Sometimes I want to kiss my friends. It's like, I don't know what we are. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the boundaries are, but I want this. Sometimes this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very, a very relatable feeling for many people. (laughs) Um, and then it's like, like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's, I have this one friend of mine that talks a lot about this idea of like wants to eat people. And like, this is the type of stuff that Moses Sumney like bite down on them. It's like, here we are, we're getting close. There's intimacy. Like it's not even, I don't even think it's as much like kiss in the sense of like, I mean, he goes on to talk about sex in in a second, but it's like devour each other. Sometimes Mm I, sometimes I'm overcome with desire. Sometimes I want to be so close to you. Mm. That's what it feels like. I'm Mm. like this tension of like, what's going on? Where are we? And then it's like the blur of, but sometimes I just really want all of you Mm. is what it feels like Mm. is, is coming out there. And then it just, it's in this falsetto that he says that. And then it drops down to this voice that feels like almost like trying to ground Mm. himself Mm. from that like burst of desire. And it's, but you don't want that, do you? Oh, dang. That's, it really is a heartbreaking song. It's a, a this is a heartbreaker, which yeah. is why I think it, I feel like it parallels Polly because Polly is a heartbreaker mm-hmm. as well. You don't want that, do you? You just want someone to listen to you who ain't trying to screw you. Mm. I swear I want that too, yeah? Which just feels like, do you? Mm-hmm. Do you want that? Mm-hmm. You know, there's this wondering. This this lower voice feels less... It, it feels like we're hearing two voices inside Moses of hmm. like this almost unconscious throwing it out there and then the like reason mm-hmm. coming in, but you don't want that. Maybe I don't want that either. I'm not sure. I swear. I want that too. I just want someone to listen to me who ain't trying to do me. You don't want that. Do you? you just want someone to listen to you. And so then, and then the next part is this kind of outro of sorts, um, which, okay, I feel like we're going to insert the song in here, but then after 
we listen after I talk about. You're this. directing right now. You just direct. I know. I know. Now, you're 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 talking to me right now, but you're also talking to editing Scott, and you so you say, "Here's what you want. Here's what to do." I, I I want you to. I definitely want as I'm unpacking these parts. This sometimes I want to kiss my friends into the sometimes, bridge. I'll just sing it for you. Sometimes yes, thank you. I want to kiss my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I, it? I can't sing or I mean I can sing but I will not sing on this mic <laughs> so I, I can't do it but I want you to I definitely want we'll that sing on this mic a different mic maybe but not this <laughs> mic but simply not this <laughs> mic <laughs> not this one that's being recorded <laughs> I can't do it mm. my my like inability to to do to imitate music is <laughs> exposed here <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Actually, it's not exposed. It's 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 hidden. Nobody has seen anything. <laughs> you haven't exposed it. <laughs> I don't want it to be exposed. I definitely don't want it. Um, okay, so then we like this is a song of longing. It is mm-hmm. sad. Like mm-hmm. this song feels really drawn out and sad. And I think that this is this is what we are embarking in in terms of this album. Like it's really interesting. This album feels to me very mm. hopeful mm. and very soulful and already we're on the third track and it's no song has had like obvious hope with quotes. Right. It's like, welcome to isolation. Welcome to the gray. The next song is unpacking this idea of I feel creative when I'm in pain and then goes into this tension, angst relationship you know you know i just want to say something quickly though as a a a yes and it's not a no but it's a yes and like cut me Uh, i've watched so many live versions now of that song and he has a a, a prolonged version Mm -hmm. that seems almost like gospel like he Mm. gets very positive and Mm. uplifting at the end and Mm. he keeps saying that's when I feel the most alive. Right, right, right. You know, it's like for that to be the first song and and for them, for, I feel like, I don't know how obviously he would put it, but like I, I personally feel like the prolonged versions that I've seen him do live are uh, improvements. I, I don't think right. the song needs improvement, but like I'm like, ooh, love that. But it does feel hopeful right. in a way. Well, well, and I think that that's this really interesting thing of like, I, I mean, I'm... I'm we're, we're reading these lyrics and we're playing the song inside of this. And as much as this song is kind of like longing and unrequited and almost desperate and sad, it's also beautiful and wonderful and lovely. I'm also right, kind of like, of it. this is amazing. Yeah. It, there, there's, there's also an aliveness yeah. to this. Yeah. There's an aliveness to being in this kind of, and I, I don't know, I can relate to relationships like this where, it's, and, and I think this is like most relationships actually, mm-hmm. like there's a certain thing you expect in a desire and it's unsure if that person is going to match your desire and what you want. This is so vulnerable. It's like, and that's kind of what being alive is, mm-hmm. is to say, I'm, I'm in like, he's in touch in a way and getting in touch with these feelings that are arising and being intimate and yeah. being close with someone. Yeah. And there is pain and there's aliveness mm. here. So it feels like it follows suit from cut me of like, yeah. and in bloom, it's like cut me and here's the, here's the living. Yeah. And I mean, I have this quote in my head right now of like, uh, from Adam Phillips of like, life is essentially satisfy 
satisfyingly frustrating. Yeah. And there is something about this song that feels very beautiful and very whole and very frustrating. Yeah. And you're kind of left because it ends with this outro of as the night becomes dawn, you and I become one. You take my face and palm and call me the morning sun. So it's not resolved. That sounds very romantic. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's some sort of passionless platonic friendship. You know, it it just feels, it does feel gray. It feels like what's happening here. We don't quite know. Exactly. You're kind of left of like, we don't, there's, there isn't the sense of like, oh my goodness, this becomes this grand, wonderful thing, but it's, you're held in this place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We become one in this place. You're in my hands of sorts. There is, I think, a, a grayness to this. Yes. Um, the genius annotation says, Moses and his friend have sat the whole night and his friend makes the gesture of taking his face in palm and calling him the morning sun. This shows his friend's love and care for Moses, but makes it easy to understand how Moses has fallen for this person and thought they felt the same. He is called the morning sun, meaning that for his friend, he means safety and security. Perhaps this stems from previous poor romantic relationships that his friend has had, that they need someone they deem to be safe in not hitting on them as the morning sun is guaranteed to rise every day. Mm, mm, An mm, interesting mm, thought. Mm. I'm also now having this thought of in virile, that's how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. sun is a is a repeated word throughout it. Right, right. This idea of being a sun, S-O-N. Right, right, right. And here we have, and call me the morning sun, hmm. S-U-N. I have not th- thought about that. I hadn't so thought about that really until just this moment mm-hmm. of like this transition here of sun. being called the sun as like the sunbeam and then moving into this like yeah. role of sun. Hmm, dang. So I think this song is, I mean, I find this song to be one of the most, uh, one of the most like beautiful songs. I find it to be one. I mean, I like particularly love, love, love the lyric in bloom with room to grow. Like it's simple and like taken out of the context of the song is really powerful to me of like, I find that to be a mantra of like, we're in bloom growing. And like, there's something here of this relationship of the tension between it is like, there's still growth. Like there's growth in the not knowing and there's growth in the navigating. What are we? Who are we? There's desire here. It's mixed up. What you want and what I want might be different, but we're still growing together. That feels very important. That feels like part of the gray. Yeah. You know? Um, so to close it out, I think it'd be really fun if we listened to Moses released a new version of this song that is really good. And like you were just saying, it's like almost each time he does things becomes better. And so just real quick to like name what's happening right now, it's December 4th on December 10th, we will be getting a live album. I know. I know we didn't plan this, but it's coming. It's coming a live visual album called live from black Lacia. I think that's how it's pronounced where essentially it's, over two days, Moses 
performed live in the woods. <laughs> no, it's so on cool. these mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains <laughs> Blue of Western Ridge North Carolina, mountains. and it's fourteen songs, and it's it seems like it's going to be really cool. And we've had two songs released now, so we have Bystanders released, and it's called Bystanders in Space. And then just two days ago, Bystanders. <laughs> uh, I, I feel no problem singing of these mics. I know I really appreciate it. <laughs> in Bloom, in parentheses, in the woods. Bam. got released. Bam. So I think a really great way to end this would be listening to that. And it's a stripped down. It's slower in bloom is three minutes and like 30 seconds. And this is like four minutes in something like 30 seconds. And it, there's more space between each of the verses, which I feel like, like we don't in the song, the original song, it's like the, but you don't want that. Do you right after the, sometimes I want to kiss my friends. And then the, in the woods version, there's a lot more space between. Ooh. So there's there's this interesting like slowed downness mm-hmm. to this version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna play it for us, and we'll play it for you, and hope you enjoy. Is is that is that it? Do you have any final thoughts on Bloom, or are we coming back? Or is no, that I it? think that's it. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? No, I'll probably tie in my thoughts to the next part. Perfect. Yeah. Here we go. Someone to listen to you Who ain't 
distinguish the upright bass kind of <laughs> steady there's a steadiness in that version yeah yeah for sure like a slowed down steady beat there yeah in the woods i mean it makes it sound like they're in a bayou or something like that yeah you know i forgot to mention this and i'll just say this briefly so gray also is a visual album so we have a music video for every mm-hmm. song and there is it's interesting because Cut Me and Viral, Viral, mm-hmm. take me a second, ah. are really high production music videos. And as much as In Bloom is one of those capital letter songs, it is low production and has the same feel as songs like Insula. Right, right. And all like boxes. Also, also it. it It has the lyrics on the screen and it's just like a video camcorder of going through a funeral or right. a, going through a graveyard. Right. And you're just looking at tombstones and flowers and yeah. just kind of, there's this like loss, death, longing desire. Not like that's just, you're just kind of like spinning slowly around this graveyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I feel like that adds an, an interesting element to that song as well. And then you kind of jump right into Viral, mm-hmm. where it's high production, high, we'll just get right into it. That, <laughs> that was my transition towards you. We're, uh, we're going to take, take a break. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to get into this song, Viral. I'll do it right now. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, we are back, and now we're going to talk about another song. Yeah, we are. This song is called Viral, and who knows the best way to pronounce it. Um, it's not a word we 
typically use every day, but this obviously comes on the heels of In Bloom. Yes, it does. Coming in hot. Now, with this song, Bigger. first of all, I, I would say probably uh, uh, as I've known this album, as I've known Gray, the album, this is my favorite song. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because I'm like, this is God's favorite song. It's such a good song. I think it's a standout song. It in, makes sense for it to be your favorite song, too. Yeah, the history of music. It's like this is a standout song. People are going to do like the 500 best songs Rolling Stone list, which is not the greatest list in the world. I'm like, this needs to be on the this list. This better be on the list. It's just so... It again defies its genre bending, but also it has like really cool power chords, kind of like grunge rock elements, but then also like Sufjan mm-hmm. elements with like these big giant flourishes of like horns and flutes. And I, I feel like I feel like the album was created to support the song almost <laughs> there. You know, I was reading an article that was talking about I was like reviewing the album. And they talked about how that there's like a few hits or like, like songs that almost like change everything up or like captivate everything. And they were like, there was the first one of that. Um, you know, Sufjan did his, which I guess he opened for Sufjan, you know, he did his, um, album, uh, come on and feel the Illinois. And there's Mm -hmm. this song, I forget the name. I haven't listened to come on, feel Illinois in a long time. It's like, um, and it just has some of that vibes mixed with something that feels like Nirvana or something, you know, the, the band. But, um, anyways, I guess just to get us started. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this song. So, uh, viral. It's not viral. Viral means having strength and a strong sex drive. Yeah. So people would say like, I guess um, historically or traditionally, people would use this to say that like as a compliment to a man who seems to have a passionate, strong sex drive, like uh, a classic man who's like a protector, warrior, um, confident, like there's something about that person that seems virile, like mm-hmm. the virility. It's like, is it like this sense of they're going to create good offspring that are strong? Probably. I, I mean, the probably- opposite of virility probably is impotence. And yeah. so, I yeah. mean, there is something str- strange. I don't know if it's that strange, but it's like, if you think about the idea of a Viagra commercial mm-hmm. and I don't quite know what's going on. I mean, I do in the sense of the imagery they're playing with, but it's like, you know, there's a devilish look on a man's face that's very appealing and sexy all of a sudden when he has his sex drive back. And <laughs> and it's very obvious from these commercials that the woman wanted that, you know, right, and it's right. like, I'm looking at you from across the bar with this look because my sex drive is back and I'm yeah. a man now. I'm a man. Yeah. I ha- yeah. I can have sex, you know, I can get erect and. <laughs> all these, these things. things right no i mean he's really playing with this song he's playing with that totally exactly. totally exactly. yeah i mean so the title in and of itself is a provocation mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. right off the bat and so it's interesting like i think what we've been playing with is to go from insula here we go off into the gray to go to cut me in bloom and then virile um i mean they almost seem slightly synonymous uh, in the sense of like, I mean, we're just going to go right into some sort of like cringy topics, but like blooming, um, you know, ejaculating even yeah. is like yeah. these things are like what you said, 
you know, certain versions. This song definitely feels not impotent. It does feel powerful. It does Very feel powerful. passionate. Yes. Um, but I, I will just say, like, it's interesting. I didn't even think about this until we were talking earlier that it is appropriate, I think, that I'm the one... I think so. Talking about this? Uh, well, it's talking about masculinity. Right, right. Yeah. And I think our journey, too, has been finding a place just in my relationship with you where it's it's really a full permission to not live into some sort of like traditional masculine tropes. Like mm-hmm. I, I can, I can be a lot more gentle and feminine around you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's one of the reasons I love hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas my whole life, it's like, I, I don't have the language for it when I'm in the sixth grade. Yeah. It's like society is just shoving this thing on you. Yeah. Like, here's what it means to be cool. Here's what girls are looking for. Here's what other guys on the playground are pushing each other to be. And you're like, well, what is it? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like tough, confident, mean, you know, like there's a meanness, Mm -hmm. uh, swagger. Mm -hmm. But what I love about Moses Sumney with this song and with his energy, and I think this is probably the, 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 like, the uh, performance art, I guess, of getting his body to a certain way. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the thing, but I'm going to also make it look very different. Right. No, Moses does this really interesting thing of being hyper-masculine while also being critiquing it in a way and doing it in its own like twist of what hyper-masculinity looks like mm-hmm. through his, his actual like, literally physical body. Right. But then also being soft and gentle and sensitive and also expressive and creative. And it's coming off of in bloom yeah, where he's vulnerable and soft and all of these things. It's like just the sharp contrast there is really a lot. And I mean, I mean, sorry, I'm taking away your spot, but please interject anytime. Full permission. We get this really interesting intro of like, I mean, this is like the classic thing when you know an album really well, of like you finish in bloom and then I'm like, I'm always ready for Uh, the uh, like, uh, ah, uh, ah, 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 like this very interesting, Ah. like there's almost, Kendrick, ah, there's almost like an animal or, or like primitive or, uh, there's, there's something in that yelling out Mm -hmm. that feels like, here we are, this transition. And then it's like the, like, there's the, I don't know, like, I don't know what instrument it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some flutes going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. flutes that kind of, some like, flautists. drop you down into this. <laughs> and then it's like, boom, yeah. here we are. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not doing a good job mimicking these sounds. Um, I have a little, some quotes about this song. Oh, yes. This Give writer from Variety said about uh, Viral, Sumni is taking the piss out of everyday machismo mm. and the rarity of gallantry, which I had to look up because I kind of get it. Uh, but I think gallantry seems a little bit more like, um, uh, oh, the word is... Um, Gosh, shoot. Well, gallantry seems to be a little bit more like uh, generous, kind, strength, um, like nobility maybe is mm-hmm. the word I was wanting to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the rarity of gallantry, so so somebody that is strong and also kind and soft and generous and um, noble might be a good word. There, there's another word that maybe I'll come up in my mind later, but I like that. And um, Pitchfork said, a withering send up of the pointlessness of toxic masculinity mm. in a world where the body mm. irre- irrevitably turns 
to dust and matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are lines obviously that come from the out the song, but right, right. I'm just setting it all up. <laughs> you want to say anything? Nope. Nope. Did, nope. I felt like something came up for you. No, I was, I was like, Oh yeah, that's, I'm, I was like trying to find the lyrics of that. Cause it gets this, that's directly pulled from the first verse. Yeah. So before we can even get into the song, I'm already saying like this song to me, uh, I, there's no, there isn't a weak song on this album. In my opinion, uh, every song is epic and huge and important. Um, I think just the, the energy of the song just draws you in and it's not a classic traditional rock song or R and B song. Of course. Um, I think the way he has done it live and the way I've seen it performed also intrigues me. Yeah. I think masculinity is something and toxic masculinity and traditional masculinity is something that needs more critique. And maybe something that appeals to me about this song is it being critiqued by Moses. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the person is significant and the way he is engaging with it is very compelling. Yeah. Very compelling to me. Yeah. Okay. So everybody let's just get right into this song. Let's, let's do it. Let's dissect. Let's dissect this um, song. This, this, this thing at the beginning, I have lots of thoughts and I want to invite you into a conversation. Ooh, yes, with me. Please. Ah, 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 ah. Right. Okay. So what, what is it? I don't know. No, I've not read anything, so I don't have any secret twists here that I'm going to reveal to you, but I have lots of ideas. Okay. So one is waking up mm-hmm. like, ah, stretching. Ah, 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 ah. Woo. You Ooh, know, like, interesting. He, I like this he says idea. like he's has this realization on blue Ridge mountains. He's waking up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah, stretching. Ah, 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 yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Totally. Another one is, laughing at toxic masculinity, laughing at mass. This mm. is a joke. Uh, mm. uh, it sounds like a laugh. Mm. That could be a laugh. Yeah. Um, it could be a cry. It could be a lament. It could be a yeah. scream. That's what I've, Anguish. I've always, I've always interpreted it as like, just like expression, like, like this is so it's almost, we get into the words, but mm-hmm. it's like before we can get to the words, it's just pure expression of like, eh. yeah. Ah, 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 ah. yeah. Like I've always felt, I've always sensed it as like, Pent up, getting yeah. released. Something pent up, getting released. Yeah, it it's, sounds could be like a baby crying. Mm, it sounds very totally, like what you said, like totally. Wah 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 wah. Like, uh, 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 yeah. No, totally. It is. It is primal. I guess we we'd all agree on that. So the idea that it sounds like crying or laughter or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or waking up something. Yeah, there's something very bodily about mm-hmm. it. Ah 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 ah. But I think it's so significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not unintentional, obviously. And no. I wonder if for him, it's just, it is what it is. It could be, it just what it is, and it's up, up for interpretation. Um, I will say I'm leaning for myself if I'm choosing. Where are you leaning? I'm leaning towards laughter. I really think he's mocking masculinity. He fully is. Yeah, so he I'm like, he's like, is. oh. You think that's what masculinity is, you guys, with your manliness and your manhood? Like, this is a joke. This is a big laugh. I like that. I wouldn't have thought that, but I like that. Hey, everybody, Scott here interjecting with a quick voice memo from my phone. As I edit this episode, I'm listening to this conversation and I'm thinking, sure, laughter, crying, waking up, all of that. And I'm shocked that uh, we're talking about a song called Viral and I didn't say that maybe it's an orgasm at the beginning. And as I'm listening, I'm like, please say that, say that. We didn't say that. 
Uh, and it just feels like it really needs to be said because who knows what this opening ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, is or whatever the way this opens the song. But uh, I mean, it has to be said. I'm listening to this and I'm like, if I was listening and if I were you all, I'd be like, these guys are idiots. We're talking about something very bodily and guttural and pent up and we're not mentioning orgasm. So uh, let's get back to the episode. But I just feel like I had to say that. Um, okay. So we'll just take this in chunks. But the first one is... Um, on a long hike through Blue Ridge Mountains. I Which can, is where he goes and he's doing I think that's where he lives now. Yeah. 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 Um, on a long hike through Blue Ridge Mountains, I can feel the earth overtake my skin. Mm. And I realize none of this matters because I will return to dust and matter. Oof, right there. I'm like, Lent? <sighs> I wrote that down. of Lent? I wrote that down. I wrote down Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and the the I wrote down the words that you get said to you when you have ashes put on your forehead is remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Yeah. So we obviously have a lot of imagery here of plants, <laughs> um, dust, nature. And, uh, then, then I think obviously what all of a sudden may have gotten introduced for the first time. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, cut me de- deals with flesh probably. And as a metaphor, but, um, this is very much bodily. bodily. I can feel this the earth overtake my song. skin. Yeah. You know? Um, and so there is some sort of revelation here, like that I, I have to wonder and, and assume probably motivates his art. Mm-hmm. None of this matters. Mm-hmm. So I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I can create. I, it's like, what the heck? Like, yeah, no, this is where I feel like I, I hope to be very inspired by Moses sent me from this. <laughs> Please be inspired. Please, please. Am I, is it happening? Am I being inspired? Is it happening? <laughs> but, or maybe I'm just like Moses. Somebody has a way of pursuing his art unapologetically. Right. And I think you're right. There's some origin of that here. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I'm going to turn to dust and matter. So I will go ahead. And, and so let's just get right into some stuff here. Like let's just start wheel weaving in the video. Yes. So Please there's the video. things we've the obviously video is the best video ever. You know, there's this play on words of like, um, if you're, if you're objectifying someone in terms of the way that you think they're sexy or attractive, somebody's like, you're, you're, they're like a piece of meat. And he literally said, I, I turned myself into a piece of meat. Fully did. Um, and in this video, for those of you who haven't seen it, but also if you're listening and you have the c- capacity, go watch this video. Cause it'll be a good little, yeah. Sub, sub, what, what do I want to say? Supplemental material to this conversation. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's, he's doing some pretty aggressive interpretive dancing with his shirt off, really relishing in his chiseled body. Uh, Moses did like, he, he worked for like a year and yeah. got just his body to Get become, ripped. it is, he is beautiful. Yeah. You know, he, it, beautiful is a good way to say it because he isn't ripped. He's not like some sort of massive bodybuilder. He just made his body look really nice. It's so nice. And his skin is so luscious. All oiled there. up. <laughs> like I am, uh, Moses Sumney makes me be like, I am not only attracted to women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm attracted to women and Moses Sumney. And Moses Sumney. Like, honestly, it's like, that's the one <laughs> I watch viral and I'm like, okay. It's very sensual. And then, and then, you know, he, basically gets ushered into this video and, and it's, he's in a meat locker and he's dancing around hunks of meat, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, to, to, to compare it to this opening, 
line, I realize none of this matters because I'll return to Dustin Matter. So like dead meat. Yeah. That he will eventually be. And we're all just basically meat. Just meat. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, gosh, don't get... I hope nobody's listening to this and getting offended or anything. That's just true. I mean, there's something very freeing about saying something's just true. And, and if, and if a thought like that is liberating enough to help you create the art that you're creating, that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, it is. Um, but that does seem like a very personal revelation. Like you're connected with the earth. There's a, I mean, it's like almost like, you know, um, Lion King circle of life, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. The the antelope die, we eat the grass, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, or they eat the grass, we eat the antelope, whatever. Um, I know it's hard not to already jump to the end of the music video, but I will. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then I guess to start the video, he is laying in a huge field. Mm-hmm. You know, so dust and matter. Maybe he's even in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We have no idea. On the long hike Blue Ridge Mountains. I can feel the earth overtake my skin And I realize none of this matters Cause I will return just and So here we go. I'm not going to sing the song here, but cheers to the patriarchs. You know, if we were doing dissect, it's really funny. Like the, the way dissect works sometimes that, that podcast that I love and use as a reference point. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find something here. Um, they, he, he, uh, Cole Kushner would go into like a 20 minute conversation On definition patriarchs. of what is a patriarch. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm assuming everybody knows what, patriarchy is and patriarchs and and so cheers to the patriarchs so we're, we're saying you know the, the male ancestors that went before us right and and the patriarchy the yeah. this 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 system of masculinity that rules over everything yeah. like um i hope i hope people that listen to our podcast would assume that we know like that, that, that like this this idea of patriarchy is ever present in our culture it's never it's never not here it's always been here men have always ruled the world. And then something that comes up for me here is similar to Kanye because he has the song called Runaway and he says, let's have a toast to the douchebags. Yeah. Let's have a toast to the assholes. And there's something very sort of ironic and playful here. Cheers to the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like genuinely being like thumbs up. No. He's, he's like <laughs> thumbs up with like a sarcastic. Yes. Thumbs Huge up sarcasm. Assholes. Yeah. Like cheers to the patriarchs. Um, and then, and then I do, I do really did have to look this up. I don't know what the marble arch is, mm. everybody. So it's something in England. I'm going to read you a little quick Wikipedia, uh, just for your. You're really, you're really doing the research deep yeah. here. The marble arch is a 19th century white marble faced triumphal arch in London. The structure was designed by John Nash in 1827 to be the state entrance to the. Occur du honor of Buckingham Palace. Wow. It wow. stood near the site of what is today the three bayed central projection of the palace containing the well known balcony. In 1851, on the initiative of architect and urban planner Decimus Burton, a one time pupil of John Nash, it was relocated to its current site following the widening of Park Lane. 
only members of the royal family and the king's troop Whoa. are said to be permitted to pass through the arch. Whoa. And this happens in ceremonial, ceremonial processions. The arch gives its name to the area surrounding it, particularly the southern portion of Edgware Road and also to the underground station. The arch is not part of the royal parks, blah, blah, blah. Um, so obviously a sign of power. And I, I wonder if it's metaphor. I, I think he's referencing this literally and obviously right. using his metaphor. Um, but it seems like to obviously reference exclusivity and power and sort of the bullshit and pageantry of power. Right. Right. Exactly. So cheers to the patriarchs and the marble arch playing their part. The gatekeepers March. Uh, March. Yeah. So, know I, I think gatekeepers is a I, I, I don't need to define it I, we're not doing that we're not doing what uh, well, like <laughs> deep diving where the origin of the word gatekeeper I, I, I think we all have probably a working definition of gatekeeper mm-hmm. but I think gatekeeper is a great word to use in the themes of this entire album right right where it's like right. we're not we're, we're blowing up and moving away from the traditional definitions and the gatekeepers especially the people that are saying what we can and can't do, you know? Right. Which I mean, this is really interesting followed by a song like conveyor, which is talking about this. The theme of conveyor is like <laughs> going on a conveyor belt. And Hello? this, your this was turned down most of the time. That's interesting. Well, hopefully I was talking loud enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can probably edit it. So, um, it, it, that I feel like the gatekeepers march then thinking forward of like, yeah, conveyor and then boxes where we'll get to that song soon, but it's like, we are not defined by these boxes. We are all like, we're, we're stepping off the conveyor belt yes. of sorts. True. Great. Great. And, and like, you know, there's so much power in these words. I mean, it, it, for so far it feels like, um, it hasn't felt uh punk rock yet to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's laying this foundation of haunting, problems Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like he's realized this heavy thing on blue ridge mountains i can feel the earth overtake my skin it's like deep bass notes and the flutes and and like we feel like the epic revelation of what he's feeling and then cheers to the patriarchs is is all sort of like light and ironic and playful and the gatekeepers march it all sounds very like oh well Mm -hmm, it doesn't mm -hmm. sound punk rock yet and then the next part is the next part is my favorite part of the song, you know, and it's, he sounds so pissed and, and energetic and strong, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that's what I love. It's like somebody can critique toxic masculinity or patriarchy with almost the same tools. Like I, I can't, I, I can be, I can be soft and gentle and feminine and I can also be pissed off and passionate. And here yeah. I go, yeah. you know, uh, and it's, it's also so not, it's not playing your game, but it's yeah. naming your game. Yeah. And Yeah. Desperate for passing grades, a great line because mm-hmm. like grades isn't necessarily a theme of this album, but that's like something we can all relate to. And, and, and I think the idea of, I don't know what it comes up for you when you think about grades, but like you and I, right. you and I, yeah. And, and you and I have think have a different relationship with grades, <laughs> but, but I do think the idea of grades and growing up in a certain context and system 
um, desperate for passing grades, the virility of fades, you know, mm-hmm. that's a fascinating line, but it's like, um, I'm trying to prove myself. My focus is on the grades. It's not like my passion. It's not my character. It's not my personhood. Yeah. Yeah. It's con- constant referencing other people's judgment of me. Yeah. Yep. And that becomes my whole life. And then, yeah. And then your passion and your mm-hmm. vitality fades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The virility fades. <laughs> You've got the wrong guy is probably my favorite line in, in the whole, the way he delivers it, the way he says it. I feel that so much for myself, like mm. not in the sense of like, mm. um, I've lived that, but I want it so bad. And so like, it does exactly what good music should do. It's like, I see it. I say that for myself. I'm like, yes, like my whole life. I don't want that. Absolutely. No, you've, you've got you, the wrong guy. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like people, society, everybody's coming at you with their, grade books and their plans and their curriculums. And you're like, fuck that. No, you've got the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's just such a powerful. Yeah, it totally is. It totally yeah. is. Um, you want to slip right in and amp up the masculine. And then, and then this is really interesting cause I, I've, I've read some different, um, lyric sites on this. So I'm, I'm a little confused cause some people will say, you've got the wrong eye. And then some people say you've got, it's, it switches. Some people say you've got the wrong idea. So, so it gets juxtaposed or used in different places, but in the first stanza for this set of lyrics that I looked up, some people just put, you've got the wrong eye everywhere. Hmm. This, this set of lyrics says you've got the wrong idea, son. Interesting. I wonder Um, what Spotify says, because I think that would be what Moses puts. mm. Let's see. Well, while you're looking up, I'll keep talking. Perfect. So you've got the wrong idea, son. Um, dear son, we pick our own prisons. Gosh, I mean, every line. It's every line. So every deep. line is so freaking So, you know, when he says son, he's obviously continuing to be skew masculine, you know, a younger boy, theoretically, that's what the word son would mean. Um, and then dear son does seem very tender. And I don't know if he feels like he's talking to Spotify himself. says idea. Idea. And that is, does it say I later? You've uh, got the wrong I? Because I think that's also very profound if it ever says that. You've got the wrong eye. It does later. Okay, so I guess too we'll much get to is that. not enough. You've got the wrong eye. Tears yeah. of death. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we'll we'll get to that, I guess. But um, so let's just say this, and I actually would love to get your thoughts on this. Yes. Um, here I am. We pick our own prisons. Mm. I think the most mm. obvious thing that is being tarried with, grappled with in this album, and there's all anybody can bring whatever they want to this, but like gender seems to be a big thing. Oh, this is a huge album. Right. Of gender. So masculinity, um, patriarchy and, and whatever gender identity that we decide to 
fit ourselves in seems to be a prison of sorts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's interesting that with you and me and our relationship and our podcast and our listeners, you know, we've leaped ahead in so many ways in terms of the conversation about gender and so many things that would have seemed novel and new to me two years ago don't anymore. But I want to appreciate, I guess, still the way that gender impacts us and the way we feel imprisoned. Right. Right. Um, so what, what comes up for you when you think about like gender as a prison? (laughs) You can pass on that question, but (laughs) just, just so casual question. (laughs) I mean, I I can obviously talk about masculinity, but like, I, I think, you know, I don't even know if you need to get personal. You can just talk philosophically. No, I mean, I've been, I mean, I mentioned this before this episode started of myself and my own identity. And like, I think it's really interesting because I was first drawn to Moses Sebney because of his work around gender. Mm -hmm. Like this album spoke to me because it spoke to my experience of gender and in in a really interesting way, because Moses is coming at this as someone assigned male at birth, who's questioning gender. And I'm someone assigned female at birth, who's wondering around gender Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think it's been really interesting because I named this before we even recorded this episode of I'm personally right now feeling really, really like I am non-binary and I am very feminine. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean for me to know that about me and to embrace feminine, whatever that even means, parts of myself. And I feel like, femininity has felt like a prison. Like this is the only, only option for you. This is like, this is what it is. And femininity was defined in very strict, constraining, caged ways Hmm. and meant certain things. And I feel like through a particular kind of rejection of femininity, it's almost like boomerang. I feel like Hmm. I'm coming back to femininity, but now I'm like setting it free. Dang. You know what I mean? I, 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 I do. I understand what you're saying. I, I don't, that's not obviously my embodied experience, but like, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. It's, it's really cool. So it's like, I, I'm no longer like, honestly, for a long time, femininity felt like I wanted to only reject it because it only felt like a cage. Yeah. And now I'm feeling like femininity is my power Dang. in so many ways. That's new information to me. That sounds really cool. I know. I feel like, I mean, actually. I'm, I'm going to ask you more about that after this recording. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having these thoughts actually a lot today. Um, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Arca. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that will be do part it. of it. But I feel, yeah, like it's this interesting thing of even thinking of prisons. And I think so much like, I mean instantly thinking of like midnight gospel and the episode on like how we are honestly like in our own prisons of our own minds. And it's, it feels like there's this tension that Moses is playing with here or that's bringing up for me of society, heavy quotes, creates these prisons. And also we create these prisons in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the both. And it's the combination of what we're told, what the expectations are, what society is asking of us, what we're being, what's being named for us. And then also what we then, how we then internalize that and then become, it becomes almost stronger within ourselves. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. No, that's I mean, it, that's, that's really what helpful. it brings up for me. 
I think it's really cool. I think a lot of our stuff is present in this song. Mm-hmm. I know? agree. I think. I feel some, like a lot of our stuff was present in In Bloom. No, it's true. It's true. I think I've always. I think in our early gender episodes, I was so uncomfortable and so confused. Yeah. And I think there is something about my entire life that's been a through line. I don't even think it's unique to me, honestly. I think it's human. I think. Maybe some people do relish or indulge or enjoy this sort of like skin or character of toxic masculine man. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there are pockets of the world that sort of celebrate that. Um, I have always liked a more gentle masculinity. And then also like I'm, I, I've still my whole life, something was very compelling to me about Michael Jackson at a very young age. I liked the way, the fact that he wore makeup, but that wasn't weird to me. It was not, it was very innocent. Like I saw it and I liked it. Yeah. Wasn't, I didn't think much about it. Like there wasn't like, that's weird. Well, I, I was just like, that's cool. Well, instantly that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I even think about like um, Frank Ocean at the end of his video for Nikes. Mm-hmm. And he's like on that stage. And I don't know what it means for him, but it seems like, him in his fullness. Hmm. And there's, I don't know. You what, always reference that video. It's so cool. I, th- yeah. I just like that, that, that is so profound because he has glitter on his face and makeup and he's got like, this outfit on. And I'm like, that to me seems like I, I could, I could, I could see myself in the sense of like all the things that come up for somebody that grows up ma- male yeah. or man yeah. and wants to, for whatever reason, I have no idea. I, I don't I don't at this point in my life feel a need. I, I even in my most honest parts of myself been like, should I be non-binary? I've never really I'm like, no, I'm I'm a man. I'm I'm fine with being a man. But like I've also always thought it was interesting to use your masculinity to challenge masculinity. And right, I and I right. feel like the same way about Christianity. It's like I'm gonna stay Christian so I can challenge Christianity. Um whatever. I don't know why I want to do that. Well, I mean, I think this brings up a really interesting thing, which I don't think I shared this. I don't know if I shared this in a previous episode of Moses Sumney being, I think, seen as queer. Mm -hmm. And he's never said he is. Mm -hmm. Well, I I also thought he was transgender. Right. And, And he seems to use he, him pronouns and identify as a man. Right. Exactly. So, so there's something where he's actually just kind of like refusing to play that part either. Right, like right. he's not naming that label. He's just kind of like, here I am. Yeah. It was just, there's something very interesting and intriguing and enticing about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we think about that um, Frank Ocean scene, I think there is something very appealing and liberating and beautiful to me about like whatever that look is with makeup and a glitter outfit and, um, I can sense in my spirit and body like a a pull towards that, and then ob- an obvious sort of judgment and mm. stigma around that. But I do think mm. something is representative of like the the perfect um, juxtaposition of a man yeah. with f- sort of a classical, f- classically feminine energy. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really great. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So, um. Which we is very fascinating where, where <laughs> Moses is kind of, I mean, because back to the video of viral, there is a very strong masculine energy and then also bending energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, 
I, I don't even know if feminine energy is what I would describe it, but almost like another energy. Another energy. Great. You One know? of my favorite things that's been said tonight. <laughs> another energy. We don't know what that energy is. I mean, I don't know what to Are quite... Are you being serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> Because we're we're saying like all these traditional things of feminine energy, a masculine but it's like, energy, it's like another it's, energy. It's beyond. I mean, that's why I feel like beyond or beyond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's where I find myself. That's where I find so much homeness in something like a non-binary identity and saying feminine, masculinity, short and a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. other energy here mm-hmm. that cannot be placed in these two polar categories. Absolutely. Man, okay, so we pick our own prisons, everybody. T- just <laughs> sit with that. <laughs> um, uh, so then a, a quick little sideline that he has before we move on to the next part is to stake dominion over all that one surveys is the virile, viral way. Yeah, yeah. So that, again, like, I think, I think virile or virility is, is there's an ambivalence around that, you know, in this mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. there's a, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a ambivalence around. Yeah. I, I, it's good. I'm embodying it in a way. And also it, it's bullshit and mm-hmm. there's, it's problematic. Um, but maybe there's ways to redeem it. I don't know. Like, so to stake dominion over all that one surveys is the virile viral way. So it's, I like that line too. It's sort of a play on words, but well, and I think that to stake dominion over all that one surveys is the viral viral way. I mean, that right there is describing patriarchy. Yeah, like dominion taking your life force, spreading it, yeah, powering over. Yeah, to stake dominion over all that one surveys is the viral. And I wonder too, like if if we really got to deep dive this music video, there's, there's the meat locker and there's meat throughout the entire video. And then there's essentially a scene where he's like at an altar in a church setting, worshiping meat mm-hmm, <laughs> with candles. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and then, then, I mean, you're about to get to the next line, so I'll let you get to it. Am I about to get, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's all as far as I want to go this week. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, this just goes even further. It goes, it takes the, like, the sarcasm further. Here's to the boys and the noise playing the part, the gatekeeper's march. And I guess another thing that comes up for me, even though he's pretty problematic, um, is I think Louis C.K. for me in the early days had some really great bits where he really took the piss out of, like, horny college drunk guys out on the town you know, and it's just like whoever actually ever does that, because I can say that that's never been me. Right. And and whoever does that, whoever participates in that energy is just like that is not anything that I ever want or <laughs> bless or like or think the world needs or don't want to do. Like what? What is that? A pack of boys. <laughs> out on the town that actually might be if I were, if you were to like, what are your worst fears? Yeah. yeah. That probably would 10 be college guys. At least that would be in the top two. Mm-hmm. That now, pack of boys. Yeah. I was, I was in New York recently and you know, uh, I was staying in the Bronx and there are parts of the Bronx that felt very rough and scary. And I was hanging out with our friend, Ashley, who everybody just so you know, Ashley 
I think is the most listened to episode we've ever no, done. No, 100% so. the most listened to episode. <laughs> and my co-director of Affirming Youth Mysteries, which we'll talk about someday. But um, Ashley said, you know, going through the Bronx never feels intimidated. But one of the only times was actually on the, I think it was the NYU campus. Ashley, correct me if I'm, I don't think Ashley listens to this <laughs> podcast. But, um, and it was just a bunch of like drunk college guys at night. And it's like. Terrifying. Ter- absolutely terrifying. Uh, you know, it's just like one of the only times where I've, she felt unsafe. And I just think this is that thing of like, I think it's, I think it's really sad. It's really unjust. It, there's something so like going back to like the, the, um, I don't know the opening, ah, 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 like the, the guttural, you know, raw nature of that. It's like, there's something that society for the history of the world just can't do about mm-hmm. a group of 24-year-old men out on the town drunk. And and except, I guess, in a song, mock it. Be like, that is the silliest, <laughs> stupidest, most not... If you think you're cool walking around drunk with a, with a pack of 24-year-old meatheads, it is the worst situation possible you are the problem i know it's it's really interesting because i've been shamelessly watching um um, the most recent or i guess the most recent on hulu season of america's next top model oh yeah yeah which they like it's the second season where they had like boys Mm -hmm. and it is i was feeling like oh my gosh am i a good person i've been feeling angsty about that and i watched that show and was like I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm fine. <laughs> Compared to this, I'm fine. Yeah. And there was just, it's, I'm like, this can be real. Like, this can't be real. These it, it people is. It is. that are out here. Like, there's this one person who is unapologetically just like, I will sleep with any of these women. I'll sleep with any of them. I'm super horny. I'm super like just constantly like that's every confessional video they have. That's their only thing they're talking about. And I'm just like, no, you're fake. You're fake. You're you don't fake. mean that. You don't mean it. Right? <laughs> like, no. And then I'm also like, you're too real. You're yeah. exactly what I'm scared of. <laughs> mm. There's a lot there, though, isn't there? <laughs> there is. <laughs> I guess we can just pause for a quick second. I have some notes about what Moses said about the video. Oh, yes. Um, Moses, these are Moses' words, said, The video takes place in a post-human world. The last remaining man is caught between beauty and brutality's battle to dominate the earth and his body. Damn. (laughs) Moses. Moses Um, went there. Then uh, this other person was commenting on the video and said... um, Moses, some neat tip tiptoes between the topics of brutality and beauty, masculinity and femininity, as well as constraint and freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the, the word brutality seems very significant and just in terms of like, I guess what we do to animals and the barbarism of eating meat and killing animals and then stringing them up and, do we do that to each other? I mean, it's like 
endless, endless things you can do to play with the imagery of that video. Right. Well, and it's also like this sense of like, we're all just flesh to be Mm -hmm. consumed Mm -hmm. and like eaten up. And there is a, there is a way in which Moses literally does this to embody. He becomes something where I am like, I want to consume you, Moses, all of a sudden. Well, so I wonder about this. If he, if he says it it represents caught between beauty and brutality Mm -hmm. is, is his actual body and dancing and movements meant to represent beauty and and the brutality is the meat? Maybe. Because other than that, I don't know where the beauty is in that video. He is definitely the beauty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a spirit or something caught between the two. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's the moment where he reaches into the carcass and comes mm-hmm. out with like glitter on his hand. Right. That's a profound moment. Right. It also reminds me of Frank Ocean. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I'm having those thoughts as yeah. well of like reaching into this raw, gross, hanging meat and comes out from it, his hand covered in beautiful glitter. Gosh. I mean, the video is beautiful. It's hard to describe. <laughs> like, the, the 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 cinematography of it is beautiful. Right. It is. And yet, before this, I came to the podcast recording and I, I tried to show the video to my wife, Marissa, and she saw one instant look at it and said, I can't watch this right now. Wow. Like it was too much, too visceral. It is a very visceral, yeah. which, you know, also back to the beauty and brutality. I don't know. I, I, can I say this? Go, you can say whatever <laughs> you want. At the end, the, the meat starts to get bugs on it, mm-hmm. but the bugs aren't flies. They're ladybugs, I know. which I think is it's, that's its own beauty and brutality. You know, like ladybugs are, we, I feel like we as humans are like, Ladybugs are cute. They're sweet. We love ladybugs. We draw cartoons of ladybugs. Well, you know? I, I don't mind going to that and then coming back to it at the end because I wrote that down. Um, I, I try to look like thinking about in the terms of symbolism and dreams. Yeah. Um, ladybugs, sim, sim, uh, they're symbolic of love, prosperity, and good luck. Right. And he's being eaten by these ladybugs. So there, that's an interesting. <laughs> right. Cause, because to me... It's they're they're acting like worms. Mm-hmm. They're they're his his body's decomposing, is being eaten, but it's ladybugs. Right. That's what is that? <laughs> it, yeah, that feels like it's answers? holding that tension, you know, <laughs> of like, oh, this good, beautiful, sweet thing. Like yeah. ladybugs feel of the bug kingdom, mm-hmm. innocent and cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're eating the flesh. Well, and the, even the way he looks at the end of that video, he seems scared and desperate and like, ah, uh, like he's gasping for air. Right. But it's like ladybugs. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> it is. And obviously there's just the aesthetics of like these red bugs on your body. That's yeah. interesting. Right. Um, not much more said everybody, but you know, go back to desperate for passing grades, the virility fades. You've got the wrong guy. I mean, I guess I just want to go back to the idea of like, um, the live performances, the song, the, uh, attitude, it just does seem very punk rock. It mm-hmm, it, it mm-hmm. brings out something mm-hmm. very strong in me when I hear this. You it know? really does. Like I, I want to go back and give this song to like middle school Scott, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. I really love that. <laughs> yeah. Um I think well let's just pause and say you've got the wrong eye is a very interesting Which genius says I with an I, like not, like, not, the not I. I yeah, right. Right, the letter I. I. Yeah. And I think that's just a clever way of saying you've got the wrong self, you've got the wrong mm-hmm. me, you've got the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool, very poetic way of, of saying that. Well, and I think it's interesting to say you've got the wrong idea and then yeah. switch to I. Yeah. Like you've got the wrong idea. Okay. 
And then I becomes a lot more personal. I think it's a cool way, a a rhyming way of saying you've got the wrong me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that's not me. Right. But I'm saying I, I I think, you know, you can do that. Okay. Well, this is worth unpacking. I mean, too much is not enough. Too much is not enough. (laughs) I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. No, I don't have my head wrapped around that. I, I could go, I could, I could riff on that for a while. But um, in terms of the overall themes of the album, to the overall themes of the song, too much is not enough. Um, what do you, what do you think? What comes up for you there? What comes up for me? Yeah. Well, I have a very personal thing that comes up for me. Great. I recently, so in route for school to become a therapist, have been doing. I'm in this class where we essentially practice therapy with other classmates, record it or do it in front of my professor. Mm -hmm. And then we get feedback immediately. And this theme of being too much has emerged Mm -hmm. as like, Oh, I think I'm too much. Oh, I think I'm too much. Oh, I think I'm too much. And then it's this interesting thing of like, what does it mean to be too much? And one of my professors recently in like, a one-on-one conversation with me was like, Hey, I think at this point it's time for you to give up the act of being too much. Whoa. Okay. 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 And I was like, Oh, the act of being too much. I'm like, I've felt like for so much of my life, everyone's been saying I'm too much, but at what point has it become an act of like, Oh, I'm too much. And it protects you. Oh, this is good. Like it protects you to say, Oh, maybe I'm too much. And then there's something defensive around that. And it's like, maybe give up the act of being too much and know that there's enough room for everyone to be all of them, their whole selves oh, and to continue to emerge. Oh, you know it, but I don't know if you can do it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's exactly I right. That. That's good. And I, and I do wonder if Moses Sumney ever listens to these podcasts, which that's my <laughs> deepest hope someday. I was like, ooh, these, these guys... And can I please come on your podcast? And, Moses, come to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> We're going to put out the energy. But yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. I think it's so personal and there's a challenge to be too much in, in a quote, ironic, playful way, I guess. Like, you know, I, I, I just love the phrase. Yeah, too much. No, it's really good. Like too much is not enough. It has so many layers of meaning, but I guess it means like, in terms of what you were saying is I'm going to be my full self too much. And that's still not enough. There's, still not enough. There's I can still, still keep going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and in this punk rock style, like this, this momentum building energy mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like almost screaming again. Like, no, it is. It's like, it's like building. It's like, it's yeah. there. The way in the song, it's like, it's like, it's laying the foundation of that. You've got the wrong guy yeah. again. Like too yeah. much is not enough. You're so off base. Dang. There's so much more here. about this idea okay here's this other idea of masculinity and there's he's playing with this idea of masculinity with dominion yeah and being dominant i mean too much and being like overpowering i think masculinity is often like seen as like an overpowering energy powerful and it's the sense of too much is not enough like this 
too muchness, this overpowering is not the whole story and it's not enough. There's more there. Oh, that's another good twist. Dang. You really are. Twist. No, I like that. I, I guess something that comes up for me and we're winding down everybody. So, um, <laughs> this, this is what I would say is a mantra or a um, mission statement for my own life in terms of my own relationship with masculinity. And I yes. would probably have been able to say it like this five years ago, but I definitely know it's been present in me my whole life all the way into like first grade mm-hmm. is that like there is there, there ironically is strength and sensitivity. There's strength and kindness. There's strength and softness. Mm-hmm. Like it is actually the, the, whatever, whatever is going on with toxic masculinity in terms of like violence mm-hmm. is posturing. It's not strong. No, it's not. It's, strong. it's, it's weak. Simply not and strong. so you have to dominate people exactly. and keep them in. And so there, if we're redeeming, it's defensive. If we're redeeming some sort of concept of masculinity, if we believe in these sort of energies in the world, femininity, masculinity, and then everything in between, um, what, what is masculinity and, and what is strength? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, I, I do think it's interesting that Moses is strong. Mm-hmm. physically no for sure but also soft and sensitive and gentle and also angry like i think it is cool to think of femininity could be angry for sure but masculinity is angry but angry around the destructive elements of toxic patriarchy and right posturing. There's, there's a way in which this mass heavy quotes masculine anger where he's coming in aggressive isn't isn't the typical masculine aggressive anger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that, but different. Right. Well, it's sensual. I mean, mm-hmm. I think about the video that I love. I mean, it's just my favorite thing I think I've, he's done where it's like he's like dancing and roaming around the moving truck that oh, is playing. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite version of this. But it's like it, it, it is strong and passionate, but like also playful and agile and sensual like his movements really are like somehow balancing that energy of sensuality and femininity and flexibility and you know it's like it's cool Uh, okay uh, Moses is cool yeah what can we say you want dominion to make minions of the stars made up of what you are R-R-R-R-R. Which yeah. goes back to the dust. Yeah, totally. The stars. You want dominion to make minions of the stars Made up of what you And then he's, he comes back. I mean, there, there, there's an interesting twist that might be worth mentioning of like, sort of, you think it's done. He's like, ah, 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 Oh no, ah, you ah. do. You think it's over. And then bam, desperate for passing grades. Yeah. <laughs> no, it totally does. You're like, oh, ready, ready. And yeah. then like, wait, there's like 40 seconds left of the song. And then it's boom, back at you. <laughs> so I think, I think we can wrap it up here. Maybe, maybe like thinking about uh, Viral and In Bloom and, and maybe tying some things together in, in Dissect, they would say closing thoughts. Um, but yeah, what, what do you feel like are some closing thoughts in terms of where we are now with this album so far in terms of Island, Cut Me, or Insula, In Bloom, and Viral? 
What's going on? What's going on with this album? I feel like we really are, and then we get Conveyor next, and then Boxes is coming. So I know that those are on the horizon. So I feel like we're getting... I mean, this album is a landscape of the human experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this contrast between In Bloom to Viral is is gray, is what this album is. It is the soft, vulnerable, pared down, confessional piece to a amped up, powerful, also confessional piece. Yeah. Like there is something about the transition and like jumping between these that feels relatable to the human experience. I feel like we really are getting, I mean, I've just been thinking we talk about multiplicity all the time and this is an album of multiplicity. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned that as a theme and that yeah. theme emerges later. We'll, 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 more maybe we'll and just more. do a single episode on just the concept of multiplicity. Right. In this album. Yeah. Cause Part it's two. so, it's so strong in yeah. this album and we're seeing that get played out here. Yeah. Like with these, I feel like in bloom to viral as a, as back to back is, is, we're starting to lay the foundation of that mm-hmm. of sorts with this contrast you can mm-hmm. hear. <sighs> this is, this is an image that I'll just go with. That's really interesting. And I think, you know, Moses coming from a past pastor's family. And I think all of us having sort of this relationship with Christianity and Jesus. And I do think there is something about Jesus ultimately that's so compelling in terms of <laughs> his life. I, I guess, is that it? Is that a cliche to say Jesus is compelling? No, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm finding it really funny. I'm I want to keep hearing it. Well, there is a um, there. It does for, the way I've always experienced it is like the death and resurrection of Jesus is a absolute joke, like a, a, an absolute mockery of violence and mm, power. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like. There's something so satisfying about yeah, that story. Yeah, that's interesting. And then he dies in this yeah. video, of, or doesn't die, but he's kind being, of. It's almost like he's dying. Yeah, and and Jesus offering mm-hmm. a better version, better heavy quotes, a different version of masculinity. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is yeah. always an interesting version of masculinity. Totally, totally. And Mister Rogers, you know. But yeah. there's this interesting movie that just came up and flashed before my head that I saw years and years ago. And I don't know what people think about Clint Eastwood is also a very interesting person who's played with the concept of masculinity because in his early years he was aggressively masculine. And then so many of his later movies that he's won Academy Awards for are, are grappling with that image that he created for himself. Mm. Like one of the, one of the greatest movies ever made is unforgiven. And I won't go into that, but it's like really grapples with that. But then he made this other movie called Gran Torino and it's really interesting because he plays this very curmudgeonly old man. And it, there's there's all sorts of interesting racial tensions in this movie. But he essentially takes this young boy under his wing. And he's a very angry, old, isolated ma- old man yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And kind of teaches him to take care of this car, this Gran Torino. And then he notices that this boy who's like probably 16 or 17 is getting totally bullied by this gang Hmm. and it's really out of hand and nobody can control this gang. And this guy who's been like this, this toxic masculine man, Clint Eastwood, the entire movie is like cussing at people from his front porch, like just this angry old man and threatening people with violence. 
and I, everybody, um, spoiler, I'm going to give away the end of the movie, but it's really interesting because what he does at the end is he, he provokes this gang. He says, I'm coming to you tonight. I'm, I'm an old army vet or whatever, and I've got my guns, I've got my car, I'm coming to your place, hmm. you better get ready. Hmm. And so the end of the movie is um, he gets out of his car and it's all slow motion. It's like, here I am with my violence and my guns, I'm about to get you. And this, this, this gang that's in this house is waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And as he's like turning around to supposedly get his guns, he like turns around, he's got nothing in his hand and he holds his finger like mm. pointed like a gun up to the group and they all shoot him and kill him. Whoa. And that was the whole plan. He's like, yeah. I, you will kill me. Yeah. And now you're going to get arrested because you've killed me. You've committed murder. And I've told everybody that you're going to do this. And so he sacrifices himself kind of Christ-like. Interesting. You know, interesting. yeah, no, it's very interesting. <laughs> what a fascinating, I'm like just catching up to this movie plot. It's a crazy plot. And, but it, I am saying like, this is some sort of, comedic twist on whatever that is we're doing here. You think we're amping up the violence yeah? and there's something masculine about the sacrifice or a twist or a different way of doing it or a critique. Um, and you know, then it, it is very just like he dies and then he passes in his, his, his house and his inheritance and this car onto this kid and whatever. But like, it is just an interesting thing of like, I'm getting the last laugh. You're going to, you're going to do this violence thing. You're going to kill me. You know, you're going to destroy me, you know, brutality, all the things that are right, right. present in this song. And I just think, <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't, I honestly don't. It's, it's like, I think we're all complicit in certain violence and brutality just by default of being Americans. But, you know, um, I, I, I think this is one of the most hopeful, cool songs out there that I know. <laughs> I know this is, this is a, this is a, I I find it really fun to be doing this because this is not even a top five song of mine from this album. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that just highlights the difference between us. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I I think it appeals to some masculinity probably. No, I, I think in an interesting way, it totally does. And it's like, I love this song and it's probably one of my top music videos of Mm, his, mm. but it isn't a top song like of the songs I'm like, Oh no, this isn't where I go to, you right, know, my right. Spotify rap was not this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a different song. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, so was it Polly? No, it was bystanders. It was bless me. A bless me. Oh, so good. And Every song here is good. It's, it's was bless me neither nor. And then also, also yeah. Anna and Anna, in terms of the order that I listened. So that's yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I feel like, I don't know. It's really interesting. It's interesting to see these things emerge in this album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. That's all I have. Um, Gala, you're on the journey everybody. with us. Yeah, you really are everybody. Uh, I think, I think we're doing our own thing. We say dissect as a reference point, but like we're having the, the, we're having the conversations and we're trying to really see what comes up for us and approach this in the no small thing spirit mm-hmm. and style. And mm-hmm. I think it's just been so fun so far. Like, yeah, I, I like to see we we done some research, but then I like that we go with what is coming up. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so you'll catch us next week where we will unpack conveyor and boxes. What are you doing? I would prefer boxes. I would prefer conveyor. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, everybody. See you next week. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, give <laughs> us a no rating review. <laughs> uh, uh, support us on Patreon. <laughs> see you next week, everybody.
Yeah. 